0: With that, we welcome our guest to the line. Charlie Giroux is on the line. He's a Republican candidate for Pennsylvania governor. Uh, we always talk to him about why he's running, but we can get into some more issues today. I called you Vice President of CPAC. Would it be Vice Chair of CPAC? Is that correct?
1: Vice Chairman is correct, but you can call me anything you'd like.
0: <laughs> well, as one of the leaders of CPAC, that happens from half the country, probably. They have other names exactly. yeah, they have <laughs> for these good folks. but uh, Yeah, we appreciate you calling in. Thank you so so much for making some time to, to work on your campaign. Uh, just reiterate to our audience how your campaign cam- came about, what kind of governor you'll be. Kind of give us an opening statement, if you would, please.
1: Sure. Well, I'm running for governor because I really believe that we're in a battle for the heart and soul of our country. And those battle lines come right through Pennsylvania this year. We have a real opportunity to reject the overreaching, big spending, big government lockdown shutdown arbitrary capricious edict mandate orders of tom wolf and josh shapiro and choose a very different direction one of individual liberty personal freedom responsibility and ultimately hope growth and opportunity which is what my campaign's all about but real quickly i didn't wake up one morning and say gee i think i ought to be governor I got called by G.T. Thompson, who is the dean of our congressional delegation, and he said, Charlie, I want you to run for governor. So uh, that was the true genesis of my campaign, and I've been at it for a year now and have enjoyed every minute.
0: Well, GT certainly is at full stride in Washington D.C., so that's an endorsement you can get behind. You also picked up his endorsement yesterday as to David McCormick, who's a, a uh, U.S. Senate uh, campaign. So we can talk a little bit about that. You mentioned that uh, one of the things you stand for is this sort of a no shutdown uh, uh, person. If if you're dealing with the pandemic, if you had been governor, explain some logical things we could have done that would help people stay safe, but wouldn't involve you know massive mandatory. Lockdowns.
1: Well, in a nutshell, we could have followed the model of Ron DeSantis or Christy Nome or other governors who didn't go into the edict mandate lockdown shutdown mode and who ultimately had better health results for it. I mean, the stuff that Tom Wolf and Josh Shapiro did was not only wrong headed, it was arbitrary and capricious. And then they took out after a little county like Lebanon because they didn't knuckle under to the orders and mandates of the Wolf administration. I think the most telling moment of all the bad things that happened last year was when Tom Wolf took senior citizens out of hospitals, put them into nursing homes where many of them died. But before that happened, Rachel Levine took her mother out of the nursing home and put her into a luxury hotel. That, to me, said it all.
2: Charlie Ben Reikley here. Good to hear Good morning, your voice. Ben. I've heard it heard it a couple times this week. <laughs> uh, question: We just talked about GT's endorsement yesterday on the Capitol steps. Uh, also, too, I, I find it interesting. You know, you're talking about the polls, and you're seeing the polls and the large percentage of undecided. Meaning, some polls are saying 45 percent, some polls 51 percent. Supposedly, maybe it's down to high 30s but still a large portion that undecided and I always thought was interesting from your campaign is you're an outsider with inside information so being in Harrisburg and understanding how the state runs you you have a a very unique angle meaning that yes you are an outside political outsider politically but you understand how the inside works and more so you understand how it doesn't work
1: Well, Ben, I think that's exactly why people are coming to our campaign, because I am an outsider, and I think people are looking for outsiders. They don't want the old, rehashed, you know, political guys. But I know what's going on inside, so it's not like I'm completely and totally divorced from all of the public policy discussions that are going on in Pennsylvania that are are so vitally important to our future. I know what needs to be done, and I know how to do it. So as governor, I could step in on day one and fight for the people of Pennsylvania as somebody that has been an outsider, not messed up in all of the internal machinations that have gone on that have frankly let us all down.
2: And, and Charlie, with that and looking forward, I, I always thought it was very interesting uh, back when Tom Ridge was running for governor, and uh, he had his uh, he had his little uh, campaign schnick, you know, where he's he's coming out and he says, hey, "I'm married a, i married a librarian, so I didn't have to pay my <laughs> my dues <laughs> from the books I didn't Over return." Dear. And yeah, so he had that. But one thing I always thought was interesting, uh, besides he saying, I, "I'm a uh, I'm a congressman from." from a place in Pennsylvania that hardly ever has been to, and you hardly ever heard of me. But one thing he did say is, my name is Tom Ridge, and I want to be your governor. And when I see your campaign have been out with you on the campaign trail a little bit, have seen that, I mean, that, that's what comes out of uh, your campaign stump speeches. And with that, is there one or two items on day one, day two, uh, in the Jarreau administration, that you're going to look to do for Pennsylvania?
1: You bet, Ben, and I say I'm Charlie Giroux, and I want to be your governor, but I have to spell it because people have a hard time (laughs) with Giroux. It's G-E-R-O-W. Pretty simple when you look at it, but pretty difficult for even me to pronounce sometimes. But in terms of being governor and what I would do right away, the first thing I would do is get the legislature to send back to me a repeal of Act 77, which was unconstitutional on its face, should never have been passed into law, and which really has caused an awful lot of trouble in our election system. And we have to get back to, quote-unquote, election integrity, where we can trust the vote, because if we don't trust the results, there are no winners. The other things that I would do is get us out of Reggie, which is a tax on every Pennsylvanian, that Tom Ridge has tried, or Tom Ridge, she got to be talking about Tom Ridge, Tom Wolf <laughs> has tried to end-run the legislature on, rather than taking it through the ordinary process. Uh, that's the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative, which really would do a lot to kill the natural gas industry in Pennsylvania, and certainly would raise the taxes of every Pennsylvanian uh, through additional costs uh, on them. Uh, that's, that's number two. And number three is I would put into place as much as I humanly could as governor, and that would push the legislature to, to follow through in the first hundred days of a Giraud administration some tax cuts so that we can stimulate our economy, get it rolling again, and particularly help small business.
0: Tell me about your road to victory. I love to watch polls, so I, I see that you're not uh, leading in the polls, but that's okay. There was uh, Tom Wolfe back in the day, so that doesn't really uh, command any uh, outcome. But uh, what is your road to victory? We certainly see you at a lot of events, so I know that's part of the solution in your view.
1: Well, it really is. And, you know, these 30-second television ads that, you know, are kind of the coin of the realm are all well and good, although I think most people are sick of seeing them. Shoe leather costs a lot of money, too, and we've been at every wake and wedding for the past year. You're right. We're at a lot of events. We're doing more events in a single day than a lot of candidates are in a week. So I'm out pressing the flesh and seeing people one-on-one and talking to them in their homes, at the local stores, uh, at events in the evening, et cetera. And I think that has a cumulative effect. The path to victory for us, though, runs right through your listening area. Uh, I'm a Republican from the heartland, from central Pennsylvania, running to be the first Republican governor in half a century from central Pennsylvania, from the heartland. And so the T, the corridor up through the middle of the state and across the northern tier, is really the key to victory for me. I mean, people talk a lot about Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, but ultimately there are enough votes in the T right where we live and work to make the difference in a primary election. and As you pointed out, Ben, we're at roughly 50% of the electorate has no idea who they're voting for, and it's not like there are two candidates on the other half of that 50%. There are nine. So you you don't have to do too much math to realize that a very, very small part of the electorate right now uh, being for you is enough to win. We're talking to
0: Charlie Giroux, a Republican candidate for governor, one of nine, talking about why he's running. He's a GOP political strategist, vice chair of CPAC, the national organization that gets a lot of coverage uh, these days, CEO of Quantum Communications. That's a, a thriving public relations firm out of Harrisburg. Helps a lot of campaigns. So you definitely know how to run a campaign, so you probably are following a recipe that you would recommend. If folks have a question for our guests, you can email us at on the mark at WTKOK.com, or text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Uh, Charlie, given the opportunity you often talk about, and the right audience, you talk about cancel culture and socialism and policies and wokeism, uh, how much of that affects Pennsylvania government? You know, I certainly know that those are national issues Republicans like to uh, fight against if they can. But in Harrisburg, what's the wokeism, socialism, and cancel culture? that you'll be fighting if governor?
1: Well, a lot of it's in education and the indoctrination rather than the teaching of our kids. Indoctrination through critical race theory, the 1619 movement, this craziness that we've now come across with transgender sports, you know, young men playing in women's sports, etc. And that's the stuff that I would fight back against on day one. And I've got a specific proposal for Pennsylvania. And it's this. Instead of the indoctrination of critical race theory, for example, how about if we get back to teaching the old-fashioned basics, like civics? As you know, I was privileged to be a citizen of the United States. I wasn't born here, though I've lived in Pennsylvania longer than I think any of the other Republican candidates. I wasn't born here. And so I'm a naturalized citizen, a legal immigrant, I might add, legal immigrant. And in order to become a citizen, I had to pass a test, a citizenship test. I think that every graduating senior from a Pennsylvania high school ought to pass that test, because then we would know that they had read the Constitution, that they understood a little bit, at least, about the rule of law, that they had been taught something about our founding and the history of our great country and what makes us truly exceptional. And I think with that base of knowledge, which, frankly, a lot of our graduating kids don't have, we'd have a better society, and we'd all be better off for it.
2: Well, Charlie, keeping that uh, sort of narrative of education, uh, a Jerome's administration and you as governor are coming into a situation, not only on the high school level, but what what is going to be done with the state institutions of higher education, because we see mergers, we see potential shutdowns, uh, we see almost—I uh, must say—this confusion in what the future might be for for some of these institutions that have been fine institutions for for decades and decades and decades. So it, it's it, you, when you talk about the high school, the K to 12 level. Yes, I, I'm appalled by what happens in Philadelphia, Harrisburg, and and Pittsburgh and what happens with those students. And and I agree, basic reading and writing uh from kindergarten to 3rd grade if you can't read you can't learn graduate from high school yes understanding civics there's three branches of government and then, holy smokes it might be interesting if they understood there were 67 counties in Pennsylvania that might be a good start exactly. but but the higher education is going to be a very interesting task when you look at the whole education equation
1: you're absolutely right Ben and the pashy system that you referenced a minute ago has to undergo a real, really thorough review. As you know, a lot of those consolidations are already taking place. Uh, I'm a great supporter of the Pashi system. My son is a very proud graduate of Bloomsburg University, got a great education there, and really enjoyed his time there. So, you know, my experiences with uh, the Pashi system have been very good, but I know there are some real difficulties there. First of all, enrollment is down, and we're recognizing more and more that not every kid needs or wants to go to college, and so vocational education is going to be, I think, something that really, really rises up, and an administration run by me, Charlie Giroux, would be one that would encourage vocational education and alternatives to a four-year liberal arts degree. But With respect to these specific institutions you talked about, we're going to have to have a really, really comprehensive review, not only with respect to the ones that are consolidating, but ones that maybe should close. That's a tough thing to say, but you've got a couple of those state colleges, Ben, that simply cannot sustain themselves. And the taxpayers shouldn't be asked to do it because they're un- unable and incapable of doing it.
0: Charlie Giroux is on the line. We're talking about uh, his campaign for governor. This is sort of what we call the uh, cons- the um, lightning round, where we try to get into the half a dozen issues that our listeners have asked us to talk about. Uh, currently being talked about in the state house, legalizing pot. If that were to make it to your desk, what's your view on this idea of legalizing recreational pot for adults in Pennsylvania?
1: Well, I was one of the guys that very early on said we should legalize medical marijuana. I took a lot of flack for it. Today, roughly 90% of Pennsylvanians think it's a good idea. So, while I'm not a big promoter of legalized uh, pot, I think that it's inevitable, and if the legislature sent a bill to my desk, I would sign it.
0: All right, Convention of States, one of our good co-hosts, is a real advocate for this. Our local lawmakers very hesitant. What's your view in Pennsylvania?
1: I've supported the Convention of States. I recognize that there are some problems, or potential problems, I won't say some problems, some potential problems, with the possibility of a quote-unquote runaway convention. But something's got to be done, because Washington is a mess, and we're not cleaning it up as we are right now.
0: All right, uh, Lance's questions, I'll, I'll let Yeah, it, we got uh, a ben. question,
2: uh, Charlie, if you can give us just a snapshot. Abortion, guns... And death penalty. And death penalty, boy. <laughs> that's, well, I, I am, think that's a whole am, hour I we can do. I
1: have been a very, very serious pro life advocate for ever since Roe versus Wade, and I continue to be. And as governor, I would sign any pro life legislation that got to my desk. Uh, the two bills that Tom Wolf vetoed, the fetal heartbeat bill and the Down syndrome bill, were good pieces of legislation. Passed by the, by the General Assembly, by the legislature, which is the manifest wishes of the people. Tom Wolf vetoed them. I would have signed them. Uh, with guns, I'm a gun owner, life member of the NRA. Uh, my mom's picture is on my website, Charlie for dot uh, com. Uh, holding her AR-15. She's almost 100 years old. She lives by herself, and that's Mm -hmm. how she protects herself. But I think it's important to say that not only do I support the Second Amendment, but I support the Pennsylvania Constitution as well. And the Pennsylvania Constitution goes even further than the Second Amendment by saying that our right to keep and bear arms shall not be questioned. That's the Pennsylvania Constitution. And uh, with the death penalty, I think you ultimately have to have The ultimate sanction, Uh, you just have to have the ultimate sanction, the death penalty. But I think it needs to be used very sparingly, because the one great tragedy is that you take a life that's innocent.
2: Cool. Well, Charlie, I'll say this. Uh, how, how about uh, I'll get a sticker? I've has some friends who have that for your mother. We'll give her a secondary insurance policy, and she can put it in her house. We'll say, uh, "Insured by Smith and Wesson." That might be a deterrent, also.
0: <laughs> now, uh, speaking of guns, one of our listeners uh, says, "What's the caliber of her AR-15?" We don't like the 222s we want 308 <laughs> So I'll let you, I'll let you answer that if you even know what her.
1: I don't. Oh, you don't? I don't. Okay. All right. Well, I guess. There's
0: a big difference. All right, Sunday hunting, that that sort of relates to guns. Uh, one of our listeners always wants us to ask if you'll favor Sunday hunting in Pennsylvania.
1: Again, I know there's a lot of controversy with Sunday hunting among the hunting community. If the bill gets to my desk, I would sign it. Are you let that go. Okay.
2: And, Charlie, haven't we seen those types of... Now, I don't say going back to blue laws, and, and Mark even <laughs> knows the blue laws, but ha- haven't we seen those, uh, um, how would I say, cultural differences now in the generations, meaning uh, lottery, gambling? you know, blue laws we saw go away. So now Sunday hunting and what goes on in the other states around us, uh, New York and, and the other states, doesn't that sort of I, I don't want to say make sense to move into the twenty first century and in, in, in some of the uh laws and regulations?
1: It really does, Ben. I mean Pennsylvania has always dragged its heels on just about everything. I mean we're the last ones to adopt just about any piece of new legislation, so I'm one that's going to try to move Pennsylvania a little bit more quickly. Do
2: you see that might be something that we could uh, look at in the privatization of the LCB?
1: (laughs) Of course. You know, it really is almost comical when you have friends come in from out of state and you have to explain to them the LCB system in Pennsylvania, (laughs) which was, as you know, designed to be, quote unquote, making it as difficult and expensive as possible for Pennsylvanians to purchase alcohol. It was a throwback to the Prohibitionist era because we had a Prohibition governor, Gifford Pinchot, who was in office when Prohibition ended, and he really was trying to extend it through a really crazy quilt combination of Prohibitionism and Socialism. We're the only state in the union that has a system like this. Only Utah, which, as you know, is a largely Mormon population, even comes close. Yes. So, yeah, we ought to privatize the system. We ought to get Pennsylvania out of the liquor business because it never made sense from the beginning.
2: But but that governor did also get the farmers out of the mud and got roads, <laughs> uh, farm to market roads. So, there were some good he things that Governor Pinchot did. Yes, he did. Some a, good things. Yes, yeah, he did. Yeah. But his
1: views on creating the LCP were no, a little misguided.
2: That, I would agree 100%. Charlie, uh, closing comments on, on this Good Friday?
1: Well, first of all, yeah, to all of your listeners, a blessed Good Friday. But more important, a wonderful and blessed Easter. Because the three most important words in the history of our planet are, He is risen. But back to the campaign for just one second. I'm running hard for the next month. get the Republican nomination on May 17th, I would ask any of your listeners to, if they have other questions or want to ask me about anything, tell me about anything, offer a suggestion about how we can make Pennsylvania better, to call me personally. My number is 717, a good Central Pennsylvania area code, 717-877-8194. 717-877-8194. If your listeners want more information about our campaign, they can go to charlie For F-O-R, not the numeral, charlie dot And I hope that people will remember that it's Charlie Jero, spelled G-E-R-O-W, right. running to be from the people, for the people, to return our fundamental liberties. And our individual freedom. And
2: we will see you in Snyder County at the event that's an open event on uh, April 30th, Saturday, April I'm 30th looking, in Middlebury. I'm
1: looking forward to being back in Snyder County on April 30th. I will be in your area several times before that, but I will be at that event on April 30th.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for calling in. Thanks for your help. Very much appreciated. Thanks for your viewpoints. We appreciate you uh, sharing them with our audience. And do enjoy the rest of Holy Week and your weekend.
1: Great to be with both of you, and thanks for the opportunity.
0: Charlie Giroux Take care. on the news line uh, with us. A Republican candidate uh, for governor and uh, vice chairman of CPAC, the mm-hmm. uh, Conservative uh, Political Action Committee, uh, making news all the time out of Washington, D.C. He lives in Mechanicsburg, is that correct? Come County. Cumberland County yeah, is a, a uh-huh. political strategist, G O P political strategist for other campaigns up to now.